everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Wisdom Words podcast, where every week we talk to folks who have stories, advice, and life hacks, all of which bring you one step closer to that feeling of hope. I'm your co-host, Neil Trevetti. And I am your co-host, Rini O'Day. And we are so happy to welcome all of you back to an exclusive part two with Taylor, Dr. Taylor. Hey, I also Just respond like to that Tay. blonde chick, like, you know, blondie, whatever. It's, you no, know, no. I'll no, turn no. around. Baby, beautiful blonde. <laughs> Perfect. I appreciate yeah. that. Beautiful there blonde. Go. That works. Because you're very yeah. beautiful. Thank you. You're sweet. <laughs> So, yeah, we should probably, <laughs> to probably to give a brief context of like making this two parters, your last episode with us was so captivating in your story that yeah. we just, did, we didn't have the heart to say, wait, we still have three more questions, four more questions. We we're just like, yeah. let her speak. She is gold right now. So it's just, yeah. So we had several of them and we we're like, well, let's just, let's just, roll it all out, make it a two-parter and we're, we'll, and you know, all three of us and it'll be great. So love it. This episode. Yeah. And I've been told I have the gift of gab. So <laughs> you know, you what? it's got a little bit you longer. <laughs> no, 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 wait. Taylor, Taylor, that is perfect. You're the, you are the perfect, yeah. uh, yes. Because, you. Yeah. you know, it's not about us. It's about you telling, you know, the audience yeah. what is going on. And I love that. Yeah. I hate, you know, I hate when um, guests just sit there and you're kind of like, um, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> and no one's yeah. looking for yeah. questions, you know, but no, you're well, not. Well, it's like, we'll, we'll, yeah, there have been chances where we'll be like, so that must have really triggered you, right? And they'll be like, yes. And that's it. Like, yeah. okay. So we're not ready for that conversation. Yeah. And you no. know, it's interesting because there are stages in my healing where I would have been that way. Like probably that's 19, 20. Yeah. I would have been like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Like, I'd have been like, get out of my, you know, why am I even here talking about this? Um, and I think that's yeah. part of the healing journey, right? That we all go through right. phases and stages. And we were just talking about before we came in the air that like, my inner teen part is sassy and annoyed and just, I'm like fighting with the universe right now. Like things that I want are kind of showing up. Like I was in a really good mood, like really amazing, good mood for two weeks. So magnetic, everything's starting to come to me and then everything stopped. And I was like, mm -hmm. where's my reward for my good mood? And I'm right. like, wow, mm -hmm. hi inner teen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I mean, <laughs> we just go through these phases of, healing and trauma exactly. and mm -hmm. it's okay to own where you are in that really yeah oh my yes. god that was perfect can i write that down that was perfect go for it that was, we all have stuff we all have stuff mm -hmm. you know oh yeah and yeah. and we have to work on that stuff deal with that stuff um you know help each other work on it help each other you know you are you are the perfect person to help people work on it. Thank you. You know? No, mm -hmm. You are helping people work, so, yeah. yeah. You are. That's and you I, are. Think, I, I yeah. think the thing that, that helps the most is taking away the judgment on ourselves, mm -hmm. on everyone else. Everyone struggles. It's just like everyone poops. Like, I, I, wow, I am very teen right now. But like, 
every it's like it's <laughs> I love it. I think of it's that like, too. It's part of human nature, right? So like why why yeah. put on this perfect like when we're looking on social media like this is my highlight reel look how great this has been oh my gosh i'm smiling i'm happy it's like the, it, if you've ever heard the thing like the couples that post the most about how happy and amazing they are it's like the worst behind closed doors like i've seen that play out for yeah. people and i'm like oh yeah you know what i mean and so it's just like why do we pretend so yeah. much because society has set us up to believe mm-hmm. that everyone else's opinion matters more than our own Exactly. Yeah. I, I had to go to the yeah. doctor the other day and he goes, he goes, Mo, I have to put you in glasses. And I went, no. And he goes, you're the one who always tells me. I don't care what people think of me. And I went, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have to, I, right. okay. I got busted. I got busted. But yeah. it's also yeah, human nature. It's human nature mm-hmm. for you to have a moment of caring right? It's not mm-hmm. saying that you're wrong yeah. for caring. It's not shaming or judging yourself for caring. It's like, I, mm-hmm. I literally posted a reel today and I was like, I've had this intrusive thought that I think my community likes me more when I'm sad because they can relate to me more. And when I'm happy, then they're like, oh, this girl, right? We're not going to listen to her anymore. And like, that's just not true. And that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. also the thought is, why do I care what people like? Cause I'm going to show up how I am. Right? Like, why would I try and yeah. take it's, away it's, exactly. it's about you. Yeah, it's about you. Right? Yeah. yeah. If they want to stick around, yeah. they'll stick around. I, I that's time. why I thought, and I and I told you this, like when I commented on this when you recently did a post on showing various phases in recent mm-hmm. times of yours. And I thought it was because you included everything, happy moments, good moments, mm-hmm. sad moments, whatever. And mm-hmm. it was, I thought it was one of the most authentic and real things that I've seen recently on social, on, on all of social media recently. So, yeah. And I encourage people to be more like that because I think the more we hide it, the more shameful it is. Right. And like mm-hmm. shame can really keep yeah. us back from healing. There's the shame and judgment mm-hmm. of ourselves of what is necessary in shedding in the journey. I mean, what do you think the parents can do to stop that, um, you know, that cycle of trauma that comes down into their children in this day and age? Authenticity. When you, it's, it's kind of the same thing that us as survivors are going to have to do for ourselves. When you make a mistake, own up to it. When... Mm -hmm. When things aren't going the way you want and you respond a different way, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm sorry. Hey, this is, I'm, you know, and don't put stuff on your kids, but just say, hey, I had some big feelings and I lost a little bit of control Mm -hmm. right there. Or, hey, you know what? I used to really see this and like this happened to me a lot. I'm really working to be better for you. And, you know, just be like, I'm working on it for you, you know, and just Mm -hmm. say like, Mm -hmm. catch me. I actually recently, um, one of my clients, we're talking about changing patterns of someone who's dealt with narcissistic abuse and um, children are older, like teenagers, they, they kind of dealt with it. But basically um, without saying too much, it's just like when a thought would come up of I'm not myself, I'm judging myself for existing or having joy or whatever it is that it affects everyone. And they can see in the family that this isn't you we want you to be better. And so we're working on a strategy of when that comes up, what is that? What is that voice? How are we going to redirect it? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so the idea, yeah. their idea was like, every time that comes up, like, Oh, it's bull. And like cussing, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and just like, you know, and then redirecting like, wow. no, 
that's fake. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what was put in my head. No, redirect that. Right. So like, sometimes it is. And I'm like, you know, it's up to you how much you want to involve your children, but they're affected. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can even say, yeah, I know that sometimes that this happens and I'm really working on this and you know, I'm doing my best and model as best as you can. And how about like continuing on that, on the same thought, those are, and by the way, thank you for that. Those are some wonderful tips. I think that's excellent Mm -hmm. advice that you just gave. How about creating, going that extra step and creating a safe environment for children, especially if transgenerational trauma and things like that, or the environment is, you know, more triggering to them than the average home. I shouldn't say average, so many people, everybody has issues. Every family goes through their own stuff. So but just, you know, if they're particularly in an environment which is more triggering, whether, what, like we talked about last time, whether it's generational trauma or maybe it's a single parent or divorce or whatnot, what are some things that they can do to just help create a safe environment and let their kid know, hey, it's okay. Yes, this is trouble. Yes, we're going through some issues, but it's going to be okay. Two things come to mind for me when you start talking about that. Um, the first is boundaries and boundaries mm-hmm. that all parties are allowed to enforce. And that includes the children. Okay. So right. of course, with parents and kids, there are some things that are safety concerns, however, but this comes down to even if, if the child doesn't want to hug that family member today, they can say mm-hmm. my body, my choice. I don't need to not oh, family love you it's it's giving that sense of empowerment and sense of choice and control to the kids early on um because Mm -hmm. that is going to be safety in itself is choice having autonomy learning that right that's something that um when that's taken away from us and we think we might we just need to obey or respect our elders or whatever and i'm not saying don't respect your elders i'm saying that there is a time and a place and allowing the child to be part of the process not just because i said so but this is why we do things what are the natural mm-hmm. consequences yeah. of this? Right. Um, you know, choices for, instead of just saying, we're doing this all the time, we're doing this for dinner. Do you want this or this mm-hmm. for dinner? Do you want to sit at this chair or this chair? Right. Just as much as you can mm-hmm. giving a sense of collaboration to the child where they don't feel like they're not seen, mm-hmm. they're not heard, they're not valued. Um, I think that's a huge part. Um, also we were talking about like, the modeling and the authenticity apologizing, I think is hugely important. We're all humans. We all make mistakes, especially littles. Littles are going to have big emotions. They're going to look to you on how to manage them. And if you lose control and you hit them or something, where are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing. Right. But if you yeah. take deep breaths in front of them and say, mom just needs a minute. I'm going to, you know, I'm having big emotions, calm down and then come back and say, okay, let's talk right? Um, Or, you know, you have like when there's conflict in the family, you have a word, like say that there's going to be like, I'm I'm thinking onomatopoeia. That's not a kid word, but that's what pops up. You know, like that word in years. But just like a weird word that like if it it was said out of context that you'd be like, Mm -hmm. oh, and it causes things to stop. Right. And then Mm -hmm. we can kind of be like the family pause button. Um, There's another one actually Mm -hmm. on my podcast. Um, an occupational therapist who works with trauma. Um, she does like trauma sensitive care and she actually works with a lot of kids with trauma. She's a top trauma researcher in the OT field. Love her to death. Um, and she has a thing in her household where she has a redo. 
where if either the child or the parent does something that they don't like, they can say, Hey, I need a redo. And they will change the way they approach that. And it's not a discussion of, well, you did this because whatever, it's just, we get our redo. And that's, you know, whether we're having a hard day or whatever it is. And then we talk to each other and we go from there. And I love that strategy that she shared. Um, her name is Rachel Ashcraft, by the way. Um, but I love the strategy that she shared because I think that it really takes off the shame and blame of the situation, but just allows it to do what it needs to do to feel safe. Well, you know, why are kids, why do kids act out? Because they're not heard. Mm-hmm. And they're control. not heard. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's some really good advice, boundaries and letting your children have a say in their life. And I think too, that you want to be the safe space for your kids, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, so if anything, because I think there's so many survivors that are so worried about if anything happened to their kids, right? Like we, we talk about consent early. We talk about boundaries early, but the world is a scary place, especially with the internet. I can't even imagine raising kids in the era of the internet. It's a whole other thing. I make myself sound old, but anyways, um, that I did, we have to learn. Yeah. And that's, that's hard, right? We have to think of safety. We have to think of things, but things are going to happen where your kids are going to be uncomfortable or they're going to be upset or whatever it is. And so you want them to be able to feel like they can come to you without punishment, without judgment, regardless of what it is. And that's one thing my mom really did right for me. Um, is she told me that if I was ever in a situation as a teenager where there were people who were drinking or anything that no matter what I did to get there, I wouldn't get in trouble. Just call her and she would come get me if I felt unsafe. And exactly. I think that was really helpful for me because I wasn't worried about, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get in trouble with my mom. I was more worried about first, if anything happens, I stay safe. Influence. There's something that we were going to touch on in the last episode, but we couldn't because of time. But mm-hmm. you and I, we, we talked a little bit about this off camera when we were discussing terms and how loosely they've they've been used. Now, let's get something straight, right? I think all three of us, we are all for mental health related terms being buzzwords. That's a good thing. It's conversations need to happen on a regular basis around mental health. We need to make it to where it's normal for families and friends to talk about that. That Mm -hmm. said, as we discussed a little bit earlier, is when that happens, there's gonna be people who use it correctly. There are also gonna be misuses of words. So kind of at first, like, give your opinion on that how how bad is it or how how often do you see that happening can it be changed can it be curbed can people like you and us you know those who create awareness can we help change the tide where does that all stand the misuse of certain buzzwords and hashtags and terms which are trending these days well i think it's complex but i'm going to try my best to break it down so I think that, like you said, talking about buzzwords and mental health and these things and having awareness, like for instance, what is gaslighting? For me, I didn't understand gaslighting so much to the point where I was in psychological abuse and thought I was the problem for so many years that crazy people don't think they're crazy, quote unquote, so I must be some kind of something, right? I was tolerated by my abuser. And I was like, well, that must be true because they know me the most. They're supposed to love me the most. Like that, that they see the most of me. So that's probably true, right? And once I learned what gaslighting was, my whole world just blew open. So I mm-hmm. think for survivors, knowing the terms is important and also knowing the term limits is important. 
we want to, I just remember being like, I don't understand, like, and this, this sounds horrible, but I was in the space as a teenager where I was like, this parent has an alcoholic. I know why they do what they do. Alcohol makes them out of control, makes them more abusive. I get that. I don't know what's wrong with my parent. They just hate me. So it has to be me. And then once I learned about what narcissism was and I saw all of that play out, I was like, I looked at my whole life and it made sense and it took the responsibility off of me almost entirely. Like so many of my Mm -hmm. attachment stuff and my early childhood stuff just went, and I was like, oh, it's actually not me. When did you have this reality? When did it, when did it come to you? I think I kind of woke up a little bit at 16 when I realized Mm -hmm. that, oh, they're just a horrible person, Um, Mm -hmm. but still was like doubtful and there was a lot of stuff. But I think like 19, um, like early college is when I woke up and was like, oh, there's this thing. And I think at that point I um, was seeing a therapist who, who then taught me what narcissism was. And I was just like. Uh, okay. (laughs) This, 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 oh my gosh. And the manipulation and the type of abuse and how they would, you know, push it, like mirror me and I'm the best thing ever. And then pull back and use that to abuse me. Like all of the things while they had this high sense of importance, you could never apologize. They were never wrong. always like twisting the way they're, the way they looked was so important. The way our family looked was so important, but were horrible behind Mm -hmm. closed doors. And I was like, oh, didn't actually have any empathy. Like it was just this huge sense of, I am amazing. You have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to be a reflection of me. And if not, you're punished. And it's like, they couldn't control their emotions. Like they didn't have emotional intelligence. They didn't have emotional regulation. They just lost it. And so when they were in a bad mood, then I was abused because they couldn't control themselves. So that it was taken out on me because how dare I make them look bad? even the smallest things, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So as I share my story with abuse from a narcissist, there are a lot of survivors who are like, wow, this makes so much sense. Thank you, right? Because this is somewhat new. But then we get into the territory of there will always be people who use things wrong and there will always be people who take these buzzwords and use it against the abused. People mm-hmm. who are manipulating. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. People who are, I can't even tell you, my abuser screams, has this narrative in this smear campaign that I abused them, um, that I was emotionally manipulative, that um, I was gaslighting wow. them. Like, and it's just these, like, these buzzwords that then they just put against yeah. you. Right. I was alienated. This is family alienation, parental alienation, not the fact that I was physically and emotionally abusive for years, but people are going to hear parental Mm -hmm. alienation and they're going to go, yep. Yeah, that thing. Right. Um, And actually, I posted a video that I took down because so many toxic parents showed up in my comments. I was a little bit sassy. Um, There was this little jingle that says if adult kids, (laughs) it was I I made a mistake. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely like, yeah, that's right. Like it was like, trying to get back at my parents mm-hmm. if they saw it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little jingle from another creator that said, if adult kids go no contact, it's your fault. And it was a little so happy if you're happy and you know it and clapping. And like, it was for the kids who've been abused and with toxic parents mm-hmm. and yes. But what happened yes. is so many people in the comments were like, what about parental alienation? What about brainwashing? What about, and I guarantee you that there were actually parents in there who were saying that, that 
were part mm-hmm. of the problem. There was people who were saying, oh, well, no, my, there was a comment that just broke my heart that said like, um, well, no, my, my kid just knew they were faking being part of this LGBTQ community and I could see through it. So they don't like me. Oh. And I was like, oh. like, you know, so what the hell, right? the thing is, is like, yes, the words are important. The use and knowledge mm-hmm. of the words are important, but also know it's always going to be misused. And the more empowered and out there mental health education gets, the more it can also be used against people. And that's why I think people need to understand. The other thing is anyone who's mad at anyone, they're not a narcissist. Oh. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank I'm sorry. God, it is a personality disorder. So much of that lately. Yeah. Like you get yeah. to a fight with your partner and they don't, they talk over you or whatever. And, and they're a narcissist. That, that's not, that's not the case. Now, can people be emotionally right. abusive unintentionally? Yes. That is a thing yeah. that can happen. Is it still their responsibility? Yes. However, are there a lot yeah. of people who are traumatized, who are replaying out toxic relationships they saw in their lives now in other adult lives and they're working and they're not necessarily bad people, but they're working and trying to change and they get triggered? Yes, that happens too, right? Like I have owned pieces that I was toxic in relationships because I was raised by a narcissist. I also have talked about relationships in the past where actually just talking with one of my clients, we're talking about cycles of um, relationships and how to get themselves out of this thought of, well, I'm deserving. I'm, you know, only they can give me love and belonging and all of these things. And I was talking about one of the patterns where I was in this relationship that was toxic and it was an on again, off again thing that I can't even call a relationship because we never defined it. So 16. And it was the type where I felt like I wanted to throw him mm-hmm. off a building and run down and catch him thinking that's love. Mm-hmm. It's right. horrible mm-hmm. things to me. Like you're too fat. You're not pretty enough to be with me. Like I would never, he would push me away because he was afraid of getting close because of whatever mm-hmm. stuff he was dealing with. And mm-hmm. the person goes, well, right. when did you know they were a narcissist? They aren't. Right. Be honest. Mm-hmm. It's their trauma. But that's but that's what they're we know. traumatized. We're mm-hmm. now taught that anything bad mm-hmm. is narcissism, and that's just not the case. Narcissism yeah. is a personality mm-hmm. disorder. Someone has a grandiose sense of self-importance. They don't have much empathy. It's all about the image, and they use people. They they cannot mm-hmm. hold joy and positive emotions. So mm-hmm. there's this connection between empaths and narcissists that is pretty well known that mm-hmm. people who can you know have this joy and soak up everyone's emotions and everything's like that they actually their energy feeds from others mm-hmm. because they, they have a hard time creating Definitely. it themselves so mm-hmm. that's what it is it's not mm-hmm. you got in a fight and they said something really selfish or hurtful that's different right so right and again what is someone going to say who is actually a narcissist when they're talking about the other end of the family? Mm-hmm. How many times have I been told I'm a narcissist? Many times by yeah. that same very, very clear abuser who everyone, anyone who knows anything about them can say that. Anyone can look at me and I've been to multiple therapy and I'm like, just tell me I'm not the problem. And they're like, you're not the problem. You're not even close to the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But like mm-hmm. in their head and there are people, they have a platform online where I am horrible and I know that, and I have to be okay with that. But mm-hmm. that's, that's the reality is that there are people who are abusive, who are smart and they know how to use enough of the truth and twist it to try and gain sympathy. And unfortunately, that's what emotionally abusive people use as part of their way to get people close to them to then continue the cycle. So you have to be careful. 
So Tay, are you saying that right now in your life, there is somebody out there that has a platform against you or just in general? They have before. I mean, they, so they're just very open on social media. Um, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but this is getting political. But if you've seen the way that Trump tweeted before he was banned, the all caps and then da-da-da and and aggressive, aggressive, Mm -hmm. aggressive, aggressive, that's my music. My abuser was basically running the country. <laughs> um, that it was the same <laughs> communication style, and wow. like, but yes, there well, was. That's there a was narcissist. A hundred percent. Trump's a narcissist. A hundred percent. Yeah, I don't want to like mess with. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah. there was. There is this. They have a platform on their, you know, social media where um, they put up because uh, there's three of us kids. They put up a picture of all three of us and put black boxes over me and my other brother's face who cut them off and said, my other kids are dead to me. And then denied that it even happened. And then later, <sighs> yeah. Oh yeah. I, I could. Oh, uh, well that's, yeah. And then, but that's, then says yeah. things like they're, they're making this up and has listened to my podcast mm-hmm. and told third parties that I need to be careful what I'm saying because I'm pushing it legally. Like just things like that, that like, they're still threatening. They're still watching. They're still listening. And mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're wow. threatened. They're threatened. Mm-hmm. Their reputation is yeah. ruined. Even though mm-hmm. I'm not saying who it is, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. threatened. Yeah. So that's, yes yeah. and no. It's got to be tough, but you know, just it's yeah. not about you, it's about them, it's exactly. about them, you know. And it's my yeah. own self work that I've had to realize that this is their pattern, this is who they are, they don't know any better. And in their exactly. eyes, yeah. I am the enemy, I am the one who is sabotaging mm-hmm. everything. It's not their actions, they can take no mm-hmm. accountability, right? It's nothing they did, mm-hmm. they weren't abusive, they weren't what they're so far removed that it, it can't be me because I am perfect. That, that literally is yeah. the narrative. There is no accountability, mm-hmm. no self-reflection. It's not possible to look outside of themselves. So what, not. what makes a narcissist? A narcissist is someone that was not loved, you know, especially mm-hmm. by their mother, mm-hmm. you know, was not, you know, cared for, shown the way that things should be. So they made up things in their head that they're perfect and that, no one can tell them what to do and stuff like that. So, yep. you know, think about that. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That really exactly. is like, you know, the worst kind of person. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, it's so sense, sad yeah. because I, I truly, and maybe this is just the person that I am, but I have empathy for those people because how oh, yeah. much energy well, it must take to be that and mm-hmm. how miserable yeah. and isolating of a life is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, right? at the end and, of the day, it's like, I feel and, sorry for you, truly. Like, it's not a pity. It's like a, I hope you get help, but you never will. Yeah. But I, I, right. I hope that yeah. you would turn your life around at some point. Like, they're, they're in a cycle mm-hmm. that they will never get out of unless mm-hmm. they get into therapy and work on it. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. And I mean, even then, it's just... hard because I've heard of narcissists who go to therapy, but then don't agree yep. with the therapist because it's going against then they don't them. want help like the therapist right yes. exactly yeah. maybe it's, they're going because they're forced into it or there's mm-hmm. pressure or you gotta mm-hmm. go you gotta go so maybe like all right i'll try mm-hmm. this damn therapy see it didn't work mm-hmm. the therapist was mm-hmm. against me too yes yes so yeah and i think yeah <laughs> and then sometimes it's even with therapy it's like it's the 
idea of therapy. It's what going to therapy looks like, right? It's like, oh, you're in therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're good. Like people just, you know what I mean? It's like, it makes you look like a good person. Even if you're not, you know, whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in therapy. It's, I'm not the problem. Like it's just going through the motions, right? That are they actually investing Mm -hmm. in it or are they literally just being like, oh yeah, no, I just, I need proof or whatever it is that yeah, yeah. My abuser it has be, gone yeah. to therapy before. Occupational hazard. Right. Occupational hazard or That's other types true. where they, they're in a position where they have to go or they have to they have to manipulate their image to something else because it's gone too far to where now there's too much hate. So okay, mm-hmm. well, let me do something that tries to fool these people into thinking mm-hmm. that yep. I'm getting the help I need, but I don't need any help. Or I am the person that I recently dated who turned out to be, and I don't know about narcissism or not, I didn't know them long enough, but turned out to be a scary hidden past person. Um, One of their things that they talked to me at first was that they go to therapy and they love Brene Brown. So like, that was a way for me to be like, oh, we do connect. But like, Mm -hmm. that was, that was Mm -hmm. a technique to be like, who makes Mm -hmm. you feel safe, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and so that was the thing, but like, were they really like when push came to shove, when they needed therapy, they were ghosting their therapist and they were being self-destructive. So is, is therapy really the flex there or was it really a tactic to make people feel okay and bring them in and make yourself mm-hmm. even feel yeah. okay, but not change mm-hmm. anything? In solving know? any problem, they say, whether it's a addiction or anything in life, it's always admitting first, this is a problem. And it's like, that's a universal thing to admit to anything in life. If you want to solve something, you have to first recognize that it is an issue before you Perfect. take the next step to yeah. do it. Yeah. Well, one mm-hmm. of the known things um, is called the stages of change. And even before mm-hmm. the action step, there's three steps before that. That's recognizing that it's even a problem. That's thinking about, mm-hmm. oh, maybe this would want to change. That's starting to prepare for it. And then it's taking the action, right? And we mm-hmm. go back right. and forth between all the things. And like anyone who's trained in mental health and things like that are recognize that and that people can kind of go back and forth between that. And I can tell you before I went back to therapy, it's like I was dismissed after I was assaulted and like as an adult and I worked through stuff and I was like, I don't need to go back to anything. And I literally had a therapist be like, you have childhood things that are starting to link to your current trauma. And I'm like, Psh, mm-hmm. no, I like ran out of the room. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to see it. I wasn't ready to yeah. work with it. And, and that had to be okay for that stage. Right. And so it was avoidance, right. total avoidance. I'm happy. I'm good. I healed myself. Mm-hmm. I'm whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then something hits a few years later, pandemic hits, wakes me up again. I get into this association. I'm like, oh, but now I'm ready. Now I'm in a stage in my life where I have the social support. I have the job flexibility. I had whatever I needed to go deeper in healing and probably mm-hmm. more of the emotional maturity that I needed as well to support myself that I was able to go deeper and look where I am now. But if you would have forced it mm-hmm. back then, yeah. no way. I would have been yeah. kicking and screaming yeah. and resisting. That we, we talked about the parents creating a safe environment. How do mm-hmm. we in our adult lives do that with friends who may be particularly going through a difficult time mm-hmm. being triggered or something? What can we do, those of us who are, I'll say less trauma-informed, because we all have it, obviously, yeah. we all have issues, with, but just those who are, let's say, I don't know what to do, my friend is triggered, he or she is hurting, what mm-hmm. do I say to them to make them feel safe and comfort? I think it's respecting what they need. 
So instead of, you know, let's just talk about grief, for instance, if someone dies, it'd be like, oh, they're in a better place. I know that those kind of things come from kindness and wanting to like relieve their pain, but recognizing that someone's discomfort is not our responsibility to try and resolve just because we're uncomfortable with how they're feeling. It's not mm-hmm. our responsibility. Okay. So yeah. something like that is like, oh, they're, they're fine. Like you're just trying to like soothe that. Right. And I think that comes from a society of when you're upset, you just, you calm yourself. You'll be okay. Right. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of thing as when a kid is crying and, and they're really upset or they're hurt and you just go, oh, you're okay. It's intended mm-hmm. to be well, mm-hmm. but when we just tell people how to feel, what to do, it can actually make them feel worse or more confused mm-hmm. that they're feeling negatively about something. Yeah. So I think the best thing is to just say, I'm here, whatever you need. Maybe if you know how they normally like need comfort, if you want this or this, let me know. If not, I'm just going to keep checking in on you and know that I'm here. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're okay to feel That's how like you're it. feeling. It's, it's mm-hmm. okay to be where you are. I know it's hard. It's a season. I believe in you. I'm here for whatever support mm-hmm. you need. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and if you know, and it, you know, you can say like, sometimes for me, I'm like, I just need you to sit with me. Like, I don't want you to talk to me. I don't, I just want to know someone's there, yeah. like physically there. Right. But I wouldn't know right. that unless or just listen. Right. Also, mm-hmm. um, co-regulation is a thing that our nervous system, when it's elevated, responds to other people and their nervous systems. We talk. They talk without words. So I think mm-hmm. in space like our energy. that loves you, yes, it is mm-hmm. co-regulation. And even if you don't mm-hmm. know that that's what you need, sometimes that alone together is that co-regulation that someone needs to help get them out of it or feel safer in their own skin when their nervous system is, is doing whatever it's doing, right? So whether that's listening, whether that's venting, whether that's, you know, for me, I'm someone, I intellectualize my emotions. I just need a sounding board. I just need you to sit there and hold space while I just, I say yeah. what's going on and you just let me mm-hmm. and you maybe bounce back with, have you thought of this? Mm-hmm. And then I go, oh, and then I bounce back. And that's what I need. Mm-hmm. But I have those conversations with my friends because every person is different. But also I have a friend who's like, we're both very, we're, we're trauma survivors. And she's like, I have this boundary. I am feeling this way. I need this respected or I need space for however long. And I'll reach out if I need whatever you need communication. Right. So it's, it's what do you need. Mm-hmm. Not you deciding right. what they need, not you trying to get rid of their discomfort because it's uncomfortable to you and you don't want to see them in pain, which I know is hard, mm-hmm. yeah. but the feeling is part of the healing and it's a really important. Mm-hmm. Part. Yeah. Exactly. When I, when I found out that like, one thing for trauma survivors is communication can be really difficult when they're struggling through certain periods. Mm-hmm. So one thing I make sure to do now is with my friends who go through that phase, I always, when I text them, just to tell them, hey, was thinking of you today, love you, mm-hmm. care about you, mm-hmm. reach out if you need anything. But I always put, mm-hmm. hey, no pressure to respond to this. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I know that they'll appreciate it because I, in the past, they've told me, not that I ever pressured them, but they've told me in general how, oh my God, just hitting the reply button is a task and a half, task and a half for them when they're in that <laughs> mode of trigger. Or, I'm so, going crazy. Yeah, that, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I just do like I mean, dogs help. That's that's for sure. My dog. Seriously. Sometimes my dog drives me. Cr- my dog. Right. Oh my gosh, I love yes. my dog to this death. But when I'm nuts. anxious, 
He's like, and I'm like, no, it's overstimulating. They know, right? They know. They know. But I will say that like when it comes to that, like I have anxiety, right? I have generalized anxiety disorder and Mm -hmm. it's like when there's too much in the to-do list, it's so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And when I feel like I have to tend to my relationships or else it's just another thing. And then it just adds to the Mm -hmm. overwhelm, right? So having people, you know, we're not going to take offense. We're not going to feel like, you know, how dare you not Mm -hmm. contact me, whatever, having those relationships and knowing your boundaries and knowing where you stand with people. And I think- And learning the word no. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, I can't right now. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think even what you do too, Neil, is just like, hey, here's this open thing. I'm thinking of you. That means a lot. Mm -hmm. And especially the no pressure to respond. Even Mm -hmm. if people know that, it's helpful to put that in Mm -hmm. there because when your brain is overloaded, you're like- fix, 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 resolve this problem, resolve this problem. Mm-hmm. Everything's out of my control. What can I control? And then you just right. get into this fix it mode, right? Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really helpful to tell people there's no pressure. I'm just thinking of you and I'm here if you need anything, but sometimes they might need something and they might need choices as well. Like mm-hmm. I can offer this or this, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, yes. just knowing that someone is there for you, mm-hmm. whether you, yeah. you know, need yeah. them to run to the store or, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It really does help. And don't ever yeah. tell, tell someone to get over it. Is that the worst thing you uh, can say to a person that has thing, right? anxiety? Why haven't you oh, gotten over, over it? Just calm down. Just, it, just shake it off. Too. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah just depression too. Yeah. Don't yeah. think bad thoughts. You know, why, why are you even just, thinking yeah. about that? Just think about something else, right? God. Why, yeah. do you, why do you Matt, keep triggering yourself so with this? Why don't you just brush it off? Like, stop triggering yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. As yeah. if we yeah. love doing that to ourselves. If we love oh. being triggered and, and messing up our brain chemistry and everything. We just love that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. No, not. Okay. <laughs> We might yes. be a part three. You're funny. <laughs> we might. You, <laughs> you let me know. You're just a joy. You are Thank just you. a joy. It's a time you really are. Too. You really you is. You really are. Just, yeah. 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 All right. Have a good one. Okay. Bye-bye.